Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert as much of the American desert enters Desert Spring. Now, if you're shivering up in Moab, you're probably thinking 10 degrees is hardly springtime. Relax. The lows should be back around the mid-20s shortly. Now, down in Anza Borrego, it's already wildflower season. The days are just about perfect in Tucson. And up here in the high desert, the Mojave Wilderness, we have not yet put away our one coat. The one coat we all share for a few months sometimes when the winter cooperates. Now, we don't have groundhogs out here. What is a groundhog, anyway? Back where I'm from, they used to catch a nutria digging holes in the levee and they'd wrap some Mardi Gras beads around the poor invasive species and prop it up for the TV reporter. They'd call this wretched roly-poly South American rat the Cajun Groundhog. They named it something like Curly or T-Boy or T-Jock or who knows, just an outrage against nature. If you've ever wondered why grown men in Cajun country are often called T-something, it's from Petite. So if you come across a 300-pound, 7-foot-tall, middle-aged guy who works on outboard motors or whatever, and everybody's calling him T-Beb, well, that just means petite baby. And they will call him that until the day he dies. Is just the way of things. And they'll all sit around at the crawfish boil talking about how Pierre C. Thibodeau, the Cajun groundhog nutria, predicted another hundred years of humidity and mosquitoes. We should probably get something to predict the wildflower bloom. Or the number of tourists eaten by the Yucca Man each summer. Some kind of seasonal thing. But it's just wrong to put wildlife in a cage. We are not going to put a roadrunner in an aquarium or anything like that. It's legally and morally wrong. Maybe just watch the morning doves. Watch for the first morning doves ineptly making their nest up in the eaves. That's probably a pretty good sign that spring is on the way. Now, in Europe, they don't have Groundhog Day, I don't think. Maybe Hedgehog Day. Well, the 2nd of February is Candlemas. Candle and mass together. 
for all kinds of religious denominations in the British Isles, in Europe, and Russia. The idea is that you've finally taken down your Christmas tree on Candlemas Eve, and then you bring your household supply of candles down to the church, and you get your candles blessed. This is some sweet old pagan stuff. I wish I was in the habit of doing such a thing. Maybe I'll bless my kitchen drawer full of tea light candles next time before I light a couple for the evening. The first day of February is St. Bridget's Day, which is the first day of Celtic Spring. Spring in Ireland and the British Isles in bulk. Spring in Northern Europe. Our weather here in the American desert is not a whole lot like the weather in Ireland, but we both have early springs. We are not digging our way out of the snowbank in early May like the Donner Party. One thing I love about St. Bridget is that she's about as much of a Christian saint as I am. Yes, there was maybe a magic nun called Bridget in the 5th century in Ireland. But there's not any pretending when it comes to St. Bridget. Everybody from Marine O'Hara to the Pope knows Bridget is the Celtic goddess of the dawn, daughter of the Dagda, the goddess of healers, of poets, of the fire in the forge, the fire in the hearth, our goddess of inspiration, of the arts, of childbirth, of war. Her warriors are the brigands, highwaymen and bandits, like when you come on Captain Farrell and his money he was counting. You know what to do. Bridget is a Gaelic trinity all by herself, a triple goddess. Her sacred fire burns in Kildare, an eternal flame that never went out until some troubles back in the 15th century. The fire was alighted again in the early 1990s, and it has burned ever since. Her priestesses attend her eternal flame, and they attend to her sacred well, Bridget's well. Like Kali, Kali the mother, Kali the destroyer. Sometimes you'll see Bridget in the forest trampling demons, trampled underfoot. As a baby, a magic baby like that baby Yoda, 
the druids brought her special gifts. Things she needed. She could not eat regular food. It had to be magic food. So the druids brought her a magical cow. It was all white except for the ears, which were red. And she could consume the milk of this cow. The Christian version of Bridget made a Last Supper scene out of butter. Very crafty. Like the Buddhist monks up in the Himalayas who make religious figurines out of yak butter. Her holy place was marked by an ancient oak. Kildara, Church of the Oak. Before she was a Catholic saint, back when she was still all Celtic goddess, only women could tend her sacred flame, and that continued after her conversion to the new religion. If you were a man, you did not want to cross that hedgerow into Bridget's realm. They'd cut you to ribbons. I don't mean the ribbons always tied to the tree branches around her well, either. Those ribbons are offerings. Now it turns out that I've sort of started my own religious practice regarding Minerva. Goddess of wisdom and owls and all that stuff we need and as people have always done I realize I've conflated Minerva with our real desert saint here in the Mojave Minerva Hamilton Hoyt the apostle of the cacti as she was known in her time the mother of Joshua Tree National Park of Death Valley National Park an Anzabrago Desert State Park, too. I guess I started calling her Minerva a couple of years ago. Apparently, I did it on the radio once or twice, too. Well, good. Let's make it official. Saint Minerva is the patron saint of desert travelers, desert campers, of those who seek the desert wilderness. Her sacred tree, obviously, is the Joshua tree. I'm lucky to share my little piece of desert with some grand old Joshua trees. And one of them is in the center of the backyard. And long ago, the previous occupants built a simple wooden boundary circling this tree out of railroad ties, six sides. And there's a little temple, or pagoda if you like, looking out on the big Joshua tree, and it all just makes sense. So I've begun to make little offerings to St. Minerva at her holy Joshua tree outside the radio studio here. 
a pinch of whatever, a few drops of libation. And especially this time of year with the birds getting chirpy about the spring weather coming and a little bit of green you see on the desert ground for a little while. It is satisfying to have a little ritual to go with it. Now, a lot of people looking for some spiritual practice in their lives feel like they've got to go all out, got to really dive in deep. You don't really. You can, if you like. But you don't need to put on a headdress with a bunch of crystals or go into a trance or hop backwards over a burning log or anything, although you're welcome to do that if you like. But you can also be a regular traveler through life who tosses a few coins in the fountain like we've done for thousands of years, a little offering to the well. Be thankful for your meals. Ask for a little help when you need it. Saint Minerva is the patron saint of getting Choya out of your dog's paws. Or your paws. And she's the patron saint of protecting the desert wilderness. The desert wildlife. The flora and the fauna. Desert springs always get her attention. So make sure you are not trying to drain a desert aquifer of ancient waters so you can pipe it to Orange County to fill swimming pools. Make real sure you don't do anything dumb like that. Don't get on her bad side, you know what I mean? She's not just a flower child. You don't want to be like those heathen rednecks who busted into Devil's Hole a couple of years ago and killed some endangered pupfish and trashed the place. Those idiots went to prison. And eventually they're going to hell. If they're not already there. Hell, Hades, North Vegas, call it what you want. Call it the bad place. For a couple of years now, I've been knocking around the idea of putting together a little book about the lives of the desert saints, because we have a lot of them, people you need to know about, people who left their spirit in these places that we love so much. These places that fill us with purpose, with life. 
And I wish I was a triple goddess, too, because then I could get more stuff done. One works on the radio show, one works on the Desert Oracle Field Guide, one works on all the other stuff. But it wasn't in the cards, I guess. One life at a time, please, as St. Edward wrote. That's Edward Abbey. So even though I've got an issue of Desert Oracle that's filled, editorially speaking, having a lot of good pieces written by interesting desert characters about interesting desert creatures and culture, I think I'm going to listen to St. Minerva and spend the next couple of weeks working on this little book on the lives of the desert saints, too. And maybe that's going to be the spring issue. And then we're going to be fairly quick with following that one with the issue that I've been fighting since September. Back in the storm area 51 days. Let me ask you something personal. Have you ever wanted to move to the desert and work on a pocket-sized field guide? You know how to read and write and all that stuff? Maybe draw me a line. Now, everybody wants to write for Desert Oracle. Everybody's got a story for Desert Oracle, they just need to type it up, but so far nobody wants to do the real work of the editing and the layout, and the artwork and the pictures, assembling the stuff so it's just right. Everybody wants to be a writer, nobody wants to read, and nobody wants to be the copy editor, and nobody wants to be managing editor of Desert Oracle, except for me. Except for you, maybe. Maybe it's you. You know, there's more to life than editing viral news articles that nobody will remember two minutes after glancing at them. You know that, right? There's more to life than your miserable job and your miserable health insurance and your miserable gym membership. Tear down those gyms and replace them with outdoor shrines to St. Minerva. With community gardens and sandboxes and sculpture and long tables for the breaking of bread and drinking of beer. You can get your exercise by walking to the shrine, working on the garden, pushing around wheelbarrows of rocks, feeding the hungry, feeding your soul. That would be a lot more fun, wouldn't it? Call on her if you need her, but if you call on her, you better be ready to do her bidding. There was a big smiling moon setting over the mountains to the west last week. The weather was fine before it got very cold. 
A few of the birds were getting a head start on getting busy. There were a few early insects a bit confused. And we, the people, we are uneasy. If we're paying attention, we are uneasy. Bald eagles were almost extinct in the 1970s. You never saw them. But now, now thanks to the EPA, thanks to the banning of DDT, the pesticide that made their eggs fall apart before the chicks were born, Now they have pretty much recovered. And now they haunt the landfills of the Pacific Northwest. They feast on garbage and especially those biohazard bags of discarded human blood. I saw that the coal industry guy at the EPA is surprisingly leaving the EPA for the coal industry. He learned a lot of tricks in there. He learned where the files were, and he's going to pass on that knowledge. And the U.S. government made it legal to pollute and destroy wetlands and creeks in January. They made it easier to kill songbirds and other wildlife, too. Lots of things happening, lots going on. What are we doing about it? Well, some of us are doing a lot. Some of us are doing what we can, and a lot of us are going to rock the vote or whatever, or try, which is good. You ought to vote, you ought to try, you ought to hope it counts. But what do you do when it doesn't? When the law break in, how you gonna go? Why let it get to that point? The point when the odds are stacked too high against you and everybody you like. Sometimes I'm standing at my computer, type, type, typing. I always stand. I want to stay aggravated about working at the computer. Or maybe I'm doing the bookkeeping or the other joyless garbage. Somebody's got to do it. And I think, boy, would I really give all this up? To do like Bobby Bear once sang, feel like old Pancho Vila, Sheila. That's why he's saying Vila instead of Via. What do you think? Bobby Bear doesn't know how to say Pancho Villa? I'm just talking about a little bit of American poetry called Pour Me Another Tequila, Sheila. Look up the life story of Minerva Hamilton Hoyt. If you haven't already, a lot of us up here in the high desert. I already know about her, but we can always learn a little bit more. My friend Deborah Netburn wrote a very nice 
article about the life of Minerva, Minerva Hamilton Hoyt, mother of Joshua Tree National Monument, now Joshua Tree National Park. Look it up on the internet. It was in the Los Angeles Times. We've got a short piece about her and a back issue. A back issue that I'm sad to say is all sold out. All the back issues are sold out except for some of the first issue. Because I printed more of those. Being an optimist. Half the time. out that last part of the show with another new track from our own Red, Blue, Black, Silver. Did you know he's got a music shop in Joshua Tree in the Sun Alley shops? It's right behind Space Cowboy Books. An easy stumble from the saloon. From Amboy to Zizek's and across the Great Mojave Wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio. We broadcast from Joshua Tree on Friday nights, all across the high desert. And you can catch us on a few public and community stations in the western USA. And you can get our podcast through all the usual outlets, iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and Pandora and Podbay and Player FM. Our next live event will be at the Ace Hotel and Swim Club in Palm Springs on March 12, Thursday at 7 p.m., Outside, around a real campfire. Free to attend. Use the code DESERTORACLE to get a discount on your room if you're staying at the Ace. And we'll do that again on Thursday, April the 2nd. We've got an events calendar on our website, desertoracle.com. Whether it's warm or cold, wherever you are tonight, I hope St. Minerva will watch over you. Remember that her spirit lives in the Joshua trees, so do not climb the Joshua trees. Do not hang a hammock from the Joshua trees. Let's show some respect. The Joshua tree, our weird and beautiful yucca tree, indicator species of the Mojave High Desert. While you're up here, pick up the latest issue of our pocket-sized field guide to the mysterious American desert. And thank you for listening. And try to wash your hands now and then. It might help you not get the coronavirus. I'm your host, Ken Lane. Good night from the Voice of the Desert.